Welcome to PezPod, our fourth episode. My name's David Poyser, I'm a journalist, and today we're going to have another fun short chat, this time about how National Public Employment Services, or PEZ, improve their performance through bench learning. This is where a team of experts from different PEZ and the PEZ network suggest changes to National PEZ after exchanging self-evaluation, site visits, reports, and that way they help PEZ benefit from each other's experience. I'm very lucky to be with two experts who've done the grassroots work on this. Firstly, Eric Ofterdal. He's a sociologist currently giving strategic advice to the head of the Norwegian PEZ, and he's recently spent a long time writing bench learning assessments going to PEZ all over Europe, listening to PEZ senior managers and also to PEZ staff at the coalface and the regional offices. Hi, Eric. Hi. Great being here. I'm also very lucky to be with Renata Haublein. She's now part of the senior management in Europe's largest PES, the BA in Germany. But before that, she was based at the European Commission in Brussels for 18 months as project leader for bench learning. So she made probably 18 trips to different PESs all over Europe. So first, Renata, first of all, can you explain a little for PES pod listeners? Were the visits fun? Oh, yes, of course they were fun. Um, it's really such an, a rewarding task to visit your fellows um all over Europe and to find out about their organizations, trying to find good practices, trying to see how people um, deal with the problems we all have when it comes uh, to helping the unemployed. And um, of course, it was fun because you're being terribly spoiled when you're on the site visits. Um, there's there's dinners, there's meals, everybody puts such effort into these visits. And um, yeah, it was great fun. So did you put weight on when you went to Rome? <laughs> Especially in Rome, yes. <laughs> and what about vegetarians? Yeah, we had a few nice um, experiences with our vegan friends in the in the team who had a bit of a difficulty in some countries finding finding their food, but I never had problems. <laughs> so <laughs> my weight was okay during every bench learning site visit. And Eric, I'm sure you didn't put any weight on at all. Could you just briefly describe for us, Eric, how the visits work? Um, we start with the, the host country preparing a um, self-assessment, which is very important. Uh, then it's a three-day visit. First day, talking with the top management uh, at the headquarters. Second day, visiting local offices. And third day, giving a feedback. And what was your... Is there a contrast between the first day and the second day, between the top management and the people in the actual in the field? Um, the top management is uh, very interesting starting to speak with. Uh, it's vital to get uh, a grasp on uh, what they are uh, putting their efforts into, what their strategy is, uh, what they really are aiming for, and also to understand a bit more about the institutional and political surroundings they have. And it's it's kind of like meeting... Uh, distant relatives. Uh, you don't know them, but uh, you have something in common. Uh, and you you can talk about we, we, how they're doing it and asking them why and uh, getting to understand what's happening. But then the second day, when we get to the local office, it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm working at a central office myself, but it, it is much more interesting to get to the local office and to get to meet people who, uh, well, the head of the local office, people working with the clients, uh, giving advice, trying to get them into work uh, and get them to tell uh, how they work and also to give their, they give their reflections on 
what we've heard yesterday. Is it like they said at the headquarters or is it different when you get out on the local offices? So it's, re it's really rewarding to, uh, to get to speak to the um, street level uh, bureaucracies. And Renata, did you find a contrast between the local offices and the head office? Yes, what I find interesting is that we all share the problem of bringing ideas into um, happening. So the question, what's, what's the strategic idea behind what people need to do in the front line um, is often not so easily answered by the front line. So this, this question, why are we doing this the way we are doing it? Um, is some that I think every management, and we all know that, needs to communicate in a very fine matter. And repetition is, is the clue. And we need to repeat and repeat and reflect on, on our ideas with the people who need to do it with the clients so that the idea can, can bloom and evolve. And Eric, did you manage to talk to the younger staff at all, the, the people who we managers in the future? Well, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. They, uh, they often have a, a fresh view on what's happening. They don't have the same history. They have not been involved in the decisions. Uh, and they very often give alternative views on what they are doing and describing other ways uh, what they should have done. And of course, very many of them sees more of the possibilities in the developing IT solutions for both the client's needs and for the uh, internal staff. So um, I found I always learn a lot talking with uh, younger people, both at the headquarters and uh, in the local offices. And, you know, working in unemployment, it's not glamorous. It's not like being a football or a movie star or whatever, or a singer. Um, did you find a lot of enthusiasm in the in the local offices, Eric? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's uh, in all the offices I've been, uh, all the organizations, it's, uh, it's such an enthusiasm and a drive to actually help people seeing uh, the work as really important and valuable and i think it, for all european countries the national wealth is actually the labor force so the work for the pez is obviously really important but did you find a lot of passion where you went around europe monata Oh, yes, with the frontline staff. I met so many wonderful people who loved what they were doing, who were trying to achieve more, who were so committed to their work. Um, and you can really see that the issue of bringing people to work and finding the right place for a person to work and to help people build their future is something that our colleagues everywhere in Europe take very seriously. And they certainly all of them were passionate about it. It, it. That was something that was quite impressive. And one criticism might be of this, that all the organizations are different. So there's no general lessons. You know, Germany is very big. Malta is very small. Spain, it's all done on a regional basis. Were you able to give universal help? Yes. Uh, what I found is the more you can go into detail, the better the help will be. Because as you said, that's certainly right. Um, and especially in the first um, round, uh, we were confronted with the, with the question, how can a country that has very low unemployment and is centralized, um, how can they help us uh, in, a, in an organization that's very regionalized with high unemployment rates, etc.? Um, uh, your, your surrounding is totally different. Um, how can you give us help. But I think um, when we cut it down to special projects on long-term long unemployed or the question of how we can help youth, there's always been good practices and every 
PES has its good practices, which was also a very interesting finding that every PES has good practices. And when you find PES that deal with the same problems, of course, it helps more to bring them together. Um, for example, Malta is a very small PES and they got help from our Flemish friends who helped them set up their matching system, also a very small um, and agile uh, uh, organization, uh, the Flemish PES. So uh, we, it's at, at some point you have to find partners um, where the where the questions really fit together. Um, but I think always have making up the big picture and then going into detail is probably the right way to go about it. I think that's wonderful to hear that every organization, however small or different, has got something to offer all the other organizations. Before you go to visit them, you ask them for self-assessment, don't you? Is that important? Actually, the self-assessment is the crucial part of the exercise, because this is where a quality management aspect and the EFQM quality management exercise really works. Because you have to see the assessors are there for two days. They get a glimpse of what the organization does. They cannot really look into what's happening. But the question on how, where do we stand with our goals? What are our challenges and how do we approach them? This question of self-critical insight of the PES itself, that's the most important part of the exercise. And if PES do that in a self-critical and um, devoted way, then they will get the most out of it. And lots of colleagues told us that actually they learned most from this questioning themselves. Um, and what we do is like more yeah, bringing the process into going into, yeah, moving the process, but they themselves, they need to, they need to help themselves also. You sound like an analyst, <laughs> a therapist, it's the same thing. <laughs> Maybe sometimes you felt like a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, performance indicators, do you think we're using the right sort of performance indicators? Do you think that governments are looking at the right sort of indicators? Um. Well, that's part of the bench uh, learning and the self-assessment is uh, talking, uh, reporting about the performance indicators. Some countries have heaps of them and others have rather few of them. Um, of course, they all are aiming at the effect on the labor market or uh, how intense the following up of the job seekers are and so on, uh, which, of course, is uh, relevant. It's important. And it's very understandable that the ministries want that kind of information. but we seldom saw performance indicators which were actually good at measuring the quality of work. Um, I think that was a very valuable part of this bench learning process is, as Renata said, it's very much about quality management. It's about uh, reflecting uh, how you have designed your processes and above all, do you check them? Do you actually check if the processes give the results you, would, you wish for or should you change them? Uh, and what should you change and how should you implement it again? So that quality circle uh, with the repeating cycles of the bench learning is a part of trying to improve the quality and through that also, of course, the performance indicators. Did you find across Europe they're under pressure from politicians because uh, unemployment is such a political issue? Just to create figures that maybe not be very meaningful. Sometimes uh, we could get that impression, but, but I've think that most performance indicators could always be, there's always a reason behind them. 
I think the main problem is uh, picking few in, enough indicators to actually use them to drive the organization and have a focus, and at the same time, have a broad enough range of indicators to actually get an insight in the, all the different activities which all the PESAs are running. And that's a running concern in all PESAs, I think. Yeah. And finally, um, we've had to throw away a whole load of indicators over the last year, over the pandemic, for obvious reasons. Um, do you think that we've been able to manage risk management well enough? Well, we've started the third cycle, and uh, there we have integrated questions about risk management. Could you just say what the third cycle is? Oh, yeah. We've, um, we've had a two full cycles where all countries have participated and now we're taking the third round with with all countries reporting on this pre-assessment and uh, with the visits and we just started the third cycle now and uh, at least the ones i have participated in uh, and also my own PES shows that we actually could improve in the risk management sector both being more agile and uh, probably also having better plans for the unexpected. But then, of course, uh, planning for the unexpected is uh, really a hard business. Can you tell me a little bit more then about the, s- the self-assessment, the- their reflection, Renata? Um, yes, I think the, the way th- the interaction between an assessor's team coming with a with an oversight, with a with a different perspective on your organization, with their history from what they know about the job, looking at how you see yourself. There's really interesting things happening there when you get into a real dialogue. Um, and what we always found is that with the PES, you have like external consultants, but external consultants with a history, with a practical history in the field. Um, and I think that's very special. Um, and that helps a lot asking the right questions and laying the finger in the wounds and digging into the real important things when it comes to reflecting even more as an organization on where you can get better and where your challenges lie. So you think it helps who you are. It's not just what you say. It's not like yes. some big American external consultancy. It's someone who's done, had solved a similar problem in their own country. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's something that we find. There's lots of trust um, coming from this background um, that really helps the process. We can see, Eric, can't we, overall in the bench learning reports that they have very good strategies. Are they good at putting them into practice? Overall, uh, we're all better in planning uh, than implementing. Uh, and we're better in implementing than in checking if uh, the implementation actually works. Um, we use our indicators trying to uh, look into whether the strategies work or not. But uh, in lesser degree, we look at the what actually is done in the local offices, what we could find in our ICT systems, uh, what we could find by asking um, our users. Um, there we pr- I think we all have a lot of p- possibilities to learn more about uh, how our work actually functions and if it actually creates value and uh, how to improve that. And uh, that's very much what the bench learning is about also. Thanks, Eric. What do you think, Renata? Yeah, I think um, that this is when we when we um, talk to the frontline staff and we see the differences between what they understand, what's happening strategically, and what they're doing um, on the 
ground, <laughs> then, <laughs> then th th this helps a lot to bring together the two um, perspectives. It, it, is your strategy really known by your frontline staff? What might be a problem that you don't know about? Because often um, this feedback from bottom to the top um, doesn't really work. So we are often help um, when it comes to explaining that maybe um, the ideas are not so well communicated or not so well implemented as uh, a top um, management might think um, because nobody tells them usually. <laughs> Renata, could you talk about the stress people have been under during the last year, during the pandemic? Because you've been such a crucial part of um, uh, the response to the pandemic. Yes, um, the, the, the good news was that we, um, I can only say this about German PES, that we as an organization really got close together, finding what the most important things were that we needed to do, and really working, crossing every boundary and every person helping, no matter in which, uh, in which field they originally have their job, but we just really came close together in trying to to fight the crisis, um, which was a good experience. But I think it doesn't matter if it's the question of the whole digital communication and not seeing each other, or if it's the question, um, do we have enough masks for our colleagues? The whole question, whom do we want to invite? Do we want to see clients? Or how much can we do on the phone? Where do we really have to meet people back face to face because they are have so many difficulties that maybe you have to invite them and you have to meet them again face to face? So all these questions um, take lots of energy because we have to question that every day. And it's just, yeah. You, you started thinking this would be like a short uh, moment that we have to fight together. And now it's been a year and I think um, everybody feels uh, that it's getting quite straining. And again, sorry to continue on this sort of slightly sad note, but we are talking about this whole process. And I think the person, Mikhail Fertig, who set it all up has died. Is there anything you could say about him? Yeah, Michael Fatik, who was our project leader and who built up the whole methodological side of the of the um, assessments, he put up this exercise. He put his whole heart and soul into this. And what I find so fascinating about this whole process is that it's very much about people and the commitment of people. And Michael was like our head. He he wanted this to work and he had this clear vision of how Europe as a community can also work for PES and for PES learning from each other. And he would be so proud of us um, talking about the bench learning and going into the third cycle now together. And yes, that, that's that's something everybody who worked with him will remember him. And that's also part of us, that we're a community and that we um, want to build this up together. We should all remember Michael Fertig, Renata. Thanks so much for that. And also thanks very much to you too, Eric, for today. Thank you. We hope you can join us for the next podcast. I'll be with Spiros Protopsaltis. He's head of the Greek PES. Before returning to his home country to run the Greek Pez, Spiros spent 20 years in the United States and he was a frequent visitor to the White House. He'll be talking about how he's got the big US technology companies in Greece like the Microsofts, Google, Coursera, Cisco, Amazon, companies that we've all heard of, to work with the Greek Pez providing jobs. If you have any comments on PezPod, there's an email for your comments. E-M-P-L dash P-E-S-Secretariat at E-C 
empl-europa.eu. That's empl-pes-secretariat at ec.europa.eu. Or you can find the email in the show notes. PESPOD is produced for the PES Network by the European Commission with technical support from Econ Institute. The technical producer is Mark Botter, and we hope you'll join us next time.